What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Moses stood there. It was time to put the tabernacle together to use all the pieces that they had gathered and made for the tabernacle and finally build the temple. I can imagine as he stood there, he probably looked at the gold menorah, seven feet tall, looking beautiful, and the bronze basin that people would wash their hands in before offering various sacrifices. And I can imagine he rubbed the skin of one of the tent coverings, maybe the one made out of dolphin or manatee, and he's thinking this is soon going to be over the outside of the tent. And I also wonder if he thought to himself, you know, we have come far as a people. It was only a year ago that the people were warned about the tenth plague and the impending doom of the firstborn of the Egyptians. It was exactly a year ago that Moses was given specific instructions on how to celebrate the Passover. It was roughly a year ago that Moses and the people of Israel rushed out of Egypt, grabbing all they could, the people of Egypt shoving gold and jewelry in their hands in some weird attempt to bribe them to leave because of all the death of the firstborn that had occurred and the sadness. And I wonder if Moses then reflected on all that had happened between that year, leaving then and now. And I wonder if Moses thought about the Red Sea crossing. The Red Sea crossing. I wonder if he thought, wow, what an event. The Egyptians were bearing down on us and all seemed lost. But you know what Moses thinks? We trusted in Yahweh and and, and then we got to see the Red Sea part and all the people walk across on dry land and to see walls of water. I wonder if Moses thought of that. I wonder if Moses still dreamt about the fish staring at him through that wall and him sticking his hand through on various occasions as he walked across and grabbed a fish, you know? I don't know. But the highlight for Moses must have been to meet Yahweh. 
to climb Mount Sinai seven or eight times. You know, he probably lost count. And to spend over 80 days in the presence of Yahweh. And I wonder if Moses looked at his hands and felt his face because now his skin glowed because of all that time in Yahweh's presence. And I wonder if he thought about the, the wandering around the desert following Yahweh, who led them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a fiery pillar during the night. And they followed Yahweh wherever he took them. But I also wonder if he thought, People complained a lot because this past year, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. No, I'm sure Yahweh tired of the constant complaining and whining of the people of Israel. And, and Moses probably thought of the time the people of Israel tried to kill him, Moses, and stone him, Moses. And probably Moses winced the thought of all that rage and criticism directed at him. And then... Moses paused and got really sad. And then the killing. When he and the sons of Levi killed 3,000 of their brothers and sisters for the sin of the golden calf. Man, I wonder if Moses thought, man, how dumb these people can be. What were they thinking, breaking the second commandment so early? And then I wonder if he thought how God nearly walked away from the lot of them and refused to give them his presence. But then I think Moses thought back to the joy of being in the presence of Yahweh. I wonder if Moses thought of the time he got to spend talking to Yahweh. This is where Yahweh, I think, took on human form and came to talk with Moses at the top of the mountain. Before that, all Moses saw of Yahweh was darkness at the top of the mountain, fire and smoke raging forth from the top of the mountain. It was a frightening sight. It was frightening when Yahweh arrived at Mount Sinai. And Moses in the middle of all that fire and smoke and thunder and lightning, he walked up that mountain anyway. But then, then, to spend time with Yahweh. I think he interacted with Yahweh as man to another man, as the Bible says, as friend to friend. And I wonder if Moses thought about the God that he encountered on top of that mountain. A loving, covenant-keeping, merciful God who was forgiving and who wanted to bless the people for a thousand generations. That was the God who was building this tabernacle. That was the God Moses knew, the God who wanted to be with his tent-dwelling people so bad that he built his own tent. And all those specifications and all those really detailed rules that Moses had to write down. No wonder it took him a total of 80 days, you know, 40 days each time to write all those instructions down. I mean, this was detailed stuff, detailed requirements that had to be exactly right. Otherwise, the people could die in his presence if they didn't do it right. But now all the stuff was built. All the bits and pieces were now ready to be put together. 
It had taken the people of Israel roughly six months to build all of these things to the Lord's requirements. They had been at Mount Sinai for eight months. He had been up on the mountain for roughly two and a half months. And so you're basically left with six months to build all of these things. But now (laughs) everything was built. And God commanded Moses to build a tabernacle on the first day of the first month. So that meant that Moses began building the tabernacle around late March or early April, depending on when the full moon hit that year after the first harvest. Enough reflecting, enough dreaming. It was time to start building. So Moses begins by putting up the tent the tabernacle itself. It says there in Exodus chapter 40 that he began by setting up the bases and then the pillars and all the supporting cross beams. Then he put up the sides of the tent on those beams and supports and and then he hung up the coverings over the top. So when he put up the coverings, first he put up the covering that had beautiful images of cherubim sewed into them. They were in beautiful blues and purple and scarlets. Then he put over that covering made out then he put over that a covering made out of goat skins. And then over that that covering he made out of ram skin dyed red. I wonder if Moses ever thought as to why God required this particular covering to be dyed red, seeing no one but those who erected the tabernacle would ever see it. I wonder if he thought that, because I would have. Well anyway, Moses He just obeyed, and he probably quit asking questions like that a long time ago. And then over that covering, you know, the the dyed red ram skin, over that, over that, he put the final covering made out of dolphin skin or manatee skin. And then he would pull the ropes tight and the pegs driven into the ground, The tent was up. I wonder if at that point the people cheered. They now had a building and now they could put the stuff, the beautiful stuff they made in this massive, awesome tent. Well, the construction of the Holy of Holies came first. Well, first up was the ark. He put the stone tablets containing the Ten Commandments inside the ark. He then took two long pole pole he then took two long poles and put them in the rings on the outside of the ark. He then put the mercy seat on top of the ark. Now, I think he probably took his time with this part. I mean, this is where God would come down to be with his people. You know, as the lid, the mercy seat, it was placed on top of the ark. You know, he put the Ten Commandments inside, and then he put the mercy seat, the lid on top, and bloop. The Ten Commandments are secured inside safely. And I think as he put the mercy seat, the lid on top of the ark, Moses saw the beautiful images of angels made out of gold with their wings touching each other. You know, an angel on either side of the lid with their wings touching the middle. I wonder if Moses thought again, wow, this is so beautiful. I can't believe this is where God will come to meet his people, and, and, and people will rarely see it. And then the men used the poles to pick up the ark, 
and they placed it at the back of the tent. And then a veil was put up, a beautiful cloth in front of the ark, making, in essence, a small room, the Holy of Holies. And this veil stretched the width of the tent so no one could see past the veil. No one but the high priest could go in there. Well, then Moses brought in the table that would have the showbread upon it and placed it next to the north wall. And then on the opposite wall, the men brought in the beautiful seven-foot-tall golden lampstand. And then Moses brought in the altar of incense and put that in front of the veil separating the Holy of Holies and the Ark from the rest of the tabernacle. And then he probably lit the menorah, beautiful candles shining forth. And then he probably burnt some incense on this altar of incense that he'd just set up. I bet as that incense burned, mm, I bet it had a beautiful smell. I bet it had a specific smell so that the people knew they were approaching sacred space, something special. People would probably know from the very smell of the incense that this was Yahweh's place. When he lit that incense, when he put the altar of incense in front of the Holy of Holies, guess what? The inside of the tabernacle was complete. And I wonder if Moses paused to experience it all and to, and to see it all together for the first time. The darkness of the tent, the gold reflecting from the light of the, from the lampstand and the blues and the scarlet and the purple cloths reflecting in that gold and the cloud of smoke coming from the altar of incense and the beautiful aroma it had. Man, it must have been a beautiful sight to see and experience. And then he put up the screen at the entrance to the tent. The tabernacle was complete. Now it was time to arrange all the outside, the courtyard around the tabernacle. So Moses put up the altar of burnt offering first. He probably dug a hole, built up the sides, and then put the bronze altar in the middle of it. And then, just like it asked for, he offers a burnt offering to Yahweh. The first one offered on that altar. The first one of many to come. And then he put up the bronze laver or basin and filled it with water. And he placed that between the tabernacle tent and the bronze offering. And he placed it between the tabernacle tent and the bronze altar, which was at the entrance to the courtyard. This laver, this laver or basin, Aaron and his sons would use to wash their hands and feet before going into the tabernacle tent or before they would offer a burnt offering. That's what that purpose of that was for. So he's got all that set up. Then Moses arranged the rest of the courtyard. He put up the fence surrounding the tabernacle with its many posts and with its linen fence. Then he put up the final screen at the one entrance to the courtyard. The temple courtyard, the tabernacle, and the Holy of Holies was all set up and now it was complete. The Bible says in Exodus 40, after he had completed it all, it says Moses finished the work. Yes, things were now done. Yahweh's tent was finished. The place where he would dwell and meet with his people was now complete. And I wonder if Moses paused and thought at that point, 
We serve a God who wants to dwell with us. I wonder if that's what Moses thought. We serve a God who wants to dwell with his people. Not some distant God far off bossing the people around from afar. (laughs) I wonder if Moses laughed and then thought of some of the other tribes around them and the stories he was hearing of how they served their gods. You know, their gods were often on top of a mountain, rarely seeing or being with their people. And so the people would go out of their way to try to get their attention. But I wonder if Moses thought, our God, our God is with his people. And in fact, the people were were freaked out at the thought of not having the presence of God in their midst anymore. Man, I wonder if Moses thought, what a wonderful God we serve compared to the other nations. Well, once he'd finished all of that, building the tabernacle, putting it all together, then Moses gets Aaron and his sons and he washes them and anoints them and clothes them in their religious garb. And basically they are sanctified for service as priests. They are ready to serve as priests forever and all their offspring forever. The house of Levi will be the new priest. They're clothed. They're anointed. They are ready to go. And then, after all that, then it happens. Now, I don't know if it happened immediately. You know, I don't know if it took a day or or if it happened immediately, right away, or maybe, you know, a month. I don't know. But But I do know this, it happened after the tabernacle was built and put together. Me personally, I think after the workers walked away, after setting it all up and seeing how beautiful it all looked, then the cloud came down. The cloud that symbolized the presence of Yahweh. The cloud where Yahweh resided, where the glory of the Lord shone forth. This cloud, this bright cloud today came down and it filled the tabernacle. I mean, it was so bright and so majestic that that Moses couldn't even go inside the tabernacle. Now remember, Moses had experienced the cloud of the Lord filling the tent of meeting. But this time, man, this time, this cloud was different. I think it was more beautiful, more brighter, more wonderful than any other cloud Moses had ever experienced in experiencing the wonder and the glory of Yahweh. Again, the Bible says this cloud was so bright, so awesome that Moses could not go into the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord was too much and Moses could not be in the tent, in the tabernacle. He could not enter because of the glory of the Lord. And from now on, that was the way that the Lord led his people. His glory would descend upon the tabernacle in that cloud, in that pillar of cloud it would come down upon the tabernacle. And then his glory would fill the tabernacle. And as long as the cloud rested on the tabernacle, God said, I want my people to stay put. Now, the cloud would also be filled with fire during the night. Can you imagine that? This cloud filled with glory during the day, but then filled with a fiery glory during the night, you know? 
And so you would see this fiery pillar all night long. And as long as it stayed upon the tabernacle, the cloud or the fiery cloud or the glorious cloudy pillar, as long as it stayed there, the people stayed put. If it lasted for a day, a couple of weeks, or even a year, as long as the cloud rested on the tabernacle, the people would stay. But as soon as the cloud lifted, the people knew they had to move and follow that cloud wherever it led. And so, after eight and a half months camped around Mount, after eight and a half months camped around Mount Sinai, the tabernacle was now built, and Yahweh inhabited it in all His glory. The cloud had not yet lifted, and so the people stayed. But for how long? And where were they going next? We know their ultimate destination is the Promised Land, but. How soon before they get there? What other adventures is the Lord going to lead them on? We'll come back next week to find out more. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.